let me tell you something, brother. I'm ready to get this podcast started. We're taking it to the next level. This is big league time, ladies and gentlemen. Get in the ring with me. So you're doing Jumpin' Jeff Farmer last time. This time you're uh, Motley Cruz. And if anyone doesn't know who Motley Cruz or Jumpin' Jeff Farmer is, please, I'll post a link in the description of this podcast because it's worth watching. It doesn't matter where it is. Squid circle, circle, circle. Best promo in the business. So, Brandon, episode six of a Kenny for Your Thoughts podcast. I can't believe. Can't believe we're six episodes deep. I mean, I thought this was a joke. (laughs) I thought they were going to kick us off the website. We're coming close. We're still here. We're coming close. But the reason that we're getting so much support is I'm going to ask you all, continue giving us five-star ratings. Um, That really helps us in the search. Review us. Um, I mean, it's honestly, your support's been tremendous. We wouldn't be six episodes deep and continuing to go further if not for your support. So thank you so much for that. And if you need to know uh, how to make fake email accounts so you can give us more five-star reviews, we'll uh, let you know. Is that what you've been doing? After the podcast. Are you telling me that all all the reviews that are up there are fake emails that you've done? I mean, some of them are real. I should have known. I should have known that, you know, nobody's actually listening to us and you are just posting stuff from different emails. I should have known when one of the reviews, I think, was Dungeon Master or something, something. I want to keep this going for as long as I can, or at least until we pick up a sponsor. <laughs> Speaking of which, we have to talk to our sponsors this week. But um, so, Brandon, I mean, big week in wrestling, uh, in my opinion. Let me, let's be honest. I thought Raw was a sleeper episode. That, that was my opinion, but SmackDown 1000, holy crap. Holy crap, indeed. Did you just, Great stuff. Did you just fall down? What just happened? You were so excited about SmackDown 1000 that you just fell over in your seat? Yeah, I think so. I think I dropped something. Please don't pick it up, because I know you're naked right now. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't want to bend over right now. What are you going to do when we have a video podcast, like a live video podcast? I don't know yet, but I'm not going to worry about that right now. I just want to enjoy my me time right now, you know? I like that you live in the moment. It actually makes me really happy that you know you're like, you know what? Screw that. Fuck tomorrow. Let's do this right now, damn it. Let's do it live. You know, Kanye said it best, you know. All oh, we really we have is today. You really want to make a Kanye reference? You're going to get hey. get us kicked off the air. Hold on, my mother's texting me right now. Mother, I'm doing uh- a podcast. Speaking of mothers. Just because we're on the topic. Can you please, can we talk about that story about um, the song lyrics that you wrote in high school and your mom finding them? Oh, yeah, man. That was pretty embarrassing. Uh, So anyway, back in the day, you know, just messing around with buddies, you know, we used to write song lyrics and stuff like that and trying to make up songs. Anyway, one day I was hanging out with a friend of mine and I think around the time uh, Disturbed uh, stupefy come out <laughs> and so i don't know if anybody remembers the song but it's got this weird bridge part no mommy don't be me yeah. again mommy yeah yeah where he's like talking about his mom like i guess it's tearing him apart or something is horrifying such a bitch Ow! <laughs> yeah it's really jarring uh anyway so me and a friend of mine were like writing a song or whatever, and then we decided to sort of rip that and do something similar to it in the song lyrics we were writing. And so I wrote this sort of, well, not exactly like that, but sort of based around that. So jokingly, I wrote some silly lyrics like, you know, my mom hates me, my dad thinks I'm a loser, you know, that kind of stuff. I wrote it down on a sheet of paper, 
and uh, I put it in my pocket after we were done, and I left. And when I got home, you know, I had to take my clothes off to get them washed. But yeah, I, so wait, wait. So you've been taking your clothes off as soon as you got home since you were about twelve, thirteen. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I guess you know my mom's doing the laundry, of course. And she pulls it out out of my pants, and she finds this paper it's just ridiculous lyrics I, I can't even remember half the stuff i wrote it was so long ago but it was awful uh stuff and she found it and read it and then one day i came over she's like is this what you think of me like, <laughs> like, what, like what is this what is this about i just i was like, trying to explain it i was like no 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 i don't, I don't feel this way at all this is just a joke like nobody's ever hurt me or done anything you know crazy it's like, oh man, you really don't want to have to have that conversation with your parent, <laughs> especially at the time. So, I mean, I feel like that's like just you in a nutshell. It's like it's sometimes like just an awkward moment that you like almost can't explain because like, how can you explain to your mother like, hey, I wrote these lyrics jokingly, you know, because of this song. And then it just, oh, it's so much cringe to think of her walking in the room and just going, is this what you think of me? <laughs> It's so cringy. It's probably the greatest story I've ever heard from you, though. <laughs> it's just like walking in on you, you know, watching some adult entertainment or anything like that. It's like, you know, what do you do? How do you explain that? How do you? Does that happen to you? No, no. But they did one time. They found. Um, I think I had pictures of some model, like some uh, bikini model or something, on my computer. <laughs> I think my brother was over and he was doing something on the computer and he's the one that like pulled it up. Of course, my mom's in the room. It's like, why the hell do you have these things on your computer? I mean, I, I was done at that point. There was no way of getting out of that. Don't sleep on that bikini model because she made Brandon a man. <laughs> it was ridiculous. I don't know what I was thinking. We should we should always start the podcast with a self depreciating story from you. I mean, it just puts me in a good mood, makes me want a podcast, and this is going to be a great episode just because of that. I have a lot more of that came from. <laughs> Tune in next time to hear what other story Brandon has about awkwardness about his parents catching him ejaculating. Speaking of ejaculation, my friend, um, have you heard that there's a rumor that obviously Shawn Michaels is coming back? You know that. You, t- you heard my top three. Number one, Shawn Michaels. Number two, AJ Styles. Number three, Eddie Guerrero. It is a rumor that my number one and my number two are going to have a WrestleMania match. They're going to do so at WrestleMania in my home area of New York, New Jersey. I don't know what I did to deserve this, but I want to tell you, I, I don't think I'm going to ever ejaculate as hard as I will on that day. <laughs> It's a lot of ejaculate. Do you really think? Do you really think they're going to make this happen? Like this is going to be? I mean, I think that AJ Styles has already teased it. I mean, he made a. I think I don't know if he made it or made someone make a graphic or something with AJ and Shawn Michaels. Um, at at that time it was kind of like, ah, oh, well, Shawn's retired. He's not going to do anything. But now Shawn Michaels is coming back. So, I mean, now I'm excited because now it's probably going to happen. I don't. <laughs> this is the E though. I don't know. You know, they had Sting and Undertaker not wrestle each other at, at that WrestleMania, so I, I don't even know. But I would like to think that they were going to have Shawn Michaels wrestle AJ Styles. I would like to think that, but who knows? I, yeah, I definitely hope this happens because, yeah, that's another thing that's funny that you bring up, man. I really wanted to see that uh, Sting versus Undertaker match. In the... 
That actually uh, that surprises me only because you were not a WCW fan, right? Uh, I mean, I didn't watch it as much, of course, as the E, just from the time it was on. But I still remember, you know, a lot of those guys over there. You know, at least the big names, anyway. So the big names like Sting, um, the big names like Kevin Nash, yeah, uh, Sting, Nash, Jerry Flynn, yeah, all those, uh, Jimmy Graffiti. Anybody else we're forgetting? Glacier, um, Mr. JL, Mr. JL. First of all, Earthquake was never in WCW. Avalanche was. Avalanche. Right. Yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> I'm mixing up my disasters. That's right. What's another dream match that you kind of want to see at Mania? I mean, there's so many I could name, but I guess you're talking about ones that can actually happen, of course. Yeah, right? ones that they can have happen with the guys that they got around now, anyway. I mean, we'll get into it, but uh, Batista Triple H now? Holy crap. Oh, but yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll save that. We'll save that because I think that deserves its own section. Um, I want to see Brock Lesnar versus The Rock again at WrestleMania this time, though. Oh, yeah. Um, I think that, you know, with the star power they have now, I mean, they fought in 2002, but it would be a completely different match now. I want to see Rock Triple H. Yes. I want to see Rock Roman because I think Roman deserves to kind of get the torch passed to him. Um, Yeah. And I think that would be the match that maybe hopefully finally lets him be accepted by the WWE Universe. Then again, there's testosterone-filled men like yourself that will never accept Roman Reigns, damn it. I always accept Roman. He's the big dog. Speaking of big dog, let's talk about the big hog. A lot of people don't know that James Ellsworth cut a promo on you. Yeah, now explain how you made that happen. Because that What was are you talking really... about? What are you talking about? So what happened was the friend that spilled the soda on me, right? <laughs> we have this thing where we like will act like we're wrestlers and we have storylines and this and it's... so so let me explain. Roman Reigns is about to come out. For his match at WrestleMania 33 against The Undertaker. And Brandon, we've bought him a Roman Reigns vest. So well, he's looking. I mean, well, for, well, what were you going to say? You uh, bought it? Yeah. Really? I think so. No, the vest I, was like I, I $60. Re- and I remember, I remember we put in like 40 money. bucks at least. Uh, wow. You barely put in any money, I, if I any. I remember this a little bit differently. I got to find the receipt. But anyway, go on. You won't find a receipt because you weren't the one that paid for it. <laughs> to have a receipt would indicate that you made the financial transaction, which you did not. Now, let me tell the story, damn it. So, Brandon's sitting there with his damn Roman Reigns vest. He's so proud of himself, like a little kid. He looks like a 10-year-old, like, wearing this Roman Reigns vest. And we decide, okay, like, almost like, you know, you have a collective moment with your friend where you look at each other and you know what you're going to do without communicating anything. So we decide in that look, we're going to lift Brandon up during Roman Reigns' entrance. So Roman's music hits. And Brandon, I mean, how much do you weigh or how much did you weigh at that time? Just to put in perspective. You know, I want to say I was around 220. Okay. 210. So so not not a light man by any standards. And I'm not even talking about the 220. I'm talking about the fact that we had to lift you up unexpectedly. So you were dead weight. So, again, we're not the strongest guys in the world, so it's not a story about us being strong, but we're like probably a a buck 60 and a buck 75 tops. Oh, make sure you uh post that picture too. <laughs> I will. I will <laughs> yes. post I will post the picture of us lifting you up. Um but yeah, so we jack Brandon up 
and we have him on our shoulders and we realize like holy crap we're holding him up there for about five minutes we're, something's gonna give now because Brandon's Brandon's a piece of shit he's not even helping he's just I was he's, sandbagging he's sandbagging <laughs> us hardcore Holly Brock Lesnar style and the worst part is the guy in front of us hands him a title so he hands him like a, a replica belt like of the WWE title and Brandon's holding it up and he's grinning from ear to ear and there's a picture which is what Brandon's talking about right now of us holding him up. Well, anyway, we put him down, and I'm like, I think I tore something in my back. He, he he's becoming a father, you know. Right, right. I had the dad bod was going, and it's a, <laughs> my daughter was born two days before that. Jeez, he's starting to break down. <laughs> two, yeah, two Sounds days, like forty eight hours. My body was re- already breaking down. But that's where the story comes from because we segued it into like, oh, we had a triple threat match, and Brandon injured me by breaking my back. So this story was passed along to James Ellsworth, and James Ellsworth cut a promo on Brandon about not agreeing about him cheating on the, uh, for his title. We gave it to Brandon like just randomly, and to this day, Brandon's confused. I will not tell you why that exists and how we got in contact with James Ellsworth. I refuse to. Well, look, if, you, if you're able to get uh, back in contact with him, be like, hey, look, we're big leaguing it. Oh, this podcast stuff. Can, can we someone use... can someone contact James Ellsworth and tell him that we want to interview him on this podcast because Brandon wants to promo his ass. Brandon wants to. <laughs> Brandon is ready to rebut everything James Ellsworth said to him. And then you know what? Let's play that clip of James Ellsworth right now so that we can you, you all can hear why Brandon's so angry at James Ellsworth. Hey, Brandon Brown, it's your boy James Ellsworth, and I heard you cheated to win your title. Now, you know your boy James Ellsworth doesn't condone cheating. I would never do such a thing. So, Brandon Brown, defend that title with honor. Stop being a little and be a man. Defend it with honor and prestige. And remember, any man with two hands has a fighting chance, and one day somebody's going to knock you out and become the champion. So, Brandon, I mean, there you, there you have it. That's why James Ellsworth doesn't respect the kind of man that you are. He doesn't respect a cheater. You know what, Ellsworth? Any man with two hands has a fighting chance. So your promo style is to basically say the same thing to him again. Right. Hold on a second. <laughs> is it James Ellsworth? Apologies. Who is that, James Ellsworth? He heard you talk shit. And he, yeah. he found your house? He's coming after did me. Did he put on his uh, his shoe covers before he came in? He did. So my carpet's clean. It's a polite man, James Ellsworth. <laughs> or was it mother? Did she find some did she find some lyrics again? <laughs> she found my <laughs> She found your diary. She found my diary. <laughs> wait, wait, is that Samoa Joe in my driveway? <laughs> Oh, Brandon, you know, you know, I've been scared ever since Samoa Joe showed up on my driveway. My best friend, Brandon, he can't even sleep at night. He's, he's too stupid. He's looking for Samoa Joe under his bed. I don't know what we're going to do, man. I gotta, I gotta get a gun. What are you, Brian Pillman? Did you, did you <laughs> even see not... that? Did you even see Brian Pillman back in the day? Uh, no, I, I missed, uh, not at the time. Like when he was around, I didn't actually hear about him until, you know, later. Brian Later Pillman, on, man, but... you would have really liked Brian Pillman. He was Attitude Era before Attitude Era. Um, without going to a huge spiel on him, he's a, he's a guy that, to this day, his friends 
people who worked with him don't know if he was legitimately insane or if he was just working everybody. There are still reports like people are like, I don't know if Brian was serious. I mean, here's a guy, right? Just to put in perspective, right? Here's a guy who was working in WCW, requested his release from Eric Bischoff. And Eric Bischoff's like, what do you want to release for? And he goes, well, we need to make this seem real. I'm going to go to ECW and I'm going to come back to WCW and everyone's going to think, you know, you you fired me. And Eric Bischoff, again, dealing with a madman, is like, all right, we'll, we'll do it. Then this genius decided to go to ECW, do what he did, and then sign a contract with the WWF. So, I mean, he he worked Eric Bischoff like a like a puppet, and he worked him into a shoot, brother. We got to get Eric Bischoff on the show, too. How, how are we getting all these people? All, all of a sudden, we have all these connections. We got to do it like uh, all, all shoots, man. We want, we want the real deal. Eric Bischoff, Brandon Brown is inviting you to be on our show, and he wants to ask you a couple of questions. Uh, so, uh, uh, how'd your parents come up uh, with the name Eric? Uh, like, you know, it's like a four-letter word. Uh, is that something that was uh, planned or you planned? Uh, I don't I don't know. Uh, Kenny, you got a question? You know what? I think people would be interested to hear about Eric Bischoff's childhood. That's why there's a special on him on the WWE Network, Brandon. Maybe if you subscribed for nine ninety nine a month, maybe if you looked at our social media and realized that we had him, God, you're irritating me so much in this episode already. But I'm going to ask him, like, the deeper stuff, man. Like, did his mom ever find... Any lyrics in his drawer? <laughs> Any magazines? You know, you know? man. We got to relate to him, like on our level, you know. No, no, that's your level. Don't, don't you dare say our level, because I would ask him nice, respectable questions. Like, you're a father. Tell me, as a father, do you think this? And you'd be asking him things like, uh, I went to a strip club on my birthday. Uh, what's your favorite strip club? So don't tell me that I'm gonna identify with this man, Bischoff. Do you hear us? We need you on the show. People want to know. Let's just put that in the air right now. Speaking of Bree mode. Sorry. Sorry. I went. How about the Bella Twins and their epic promo with Ronda Rousey? First of all, good job, my friend. That was a great segue. That wasn't even on purpose that I did that. And I appreciate it. This is the first time I actually am appreciative of you being my co-host. So let's talk about, because to me, right? Thanks, man. <laughs> now put on some damn clothes. Um, now, I guess what, what pisses me off is I, I feel, I feel Raw was like, just, I don't want to say a waste, but like, you know, it was an episode that not a lot of, not a lot happened. I'm, maybe I'm just being super critical. Um, but the one thing that really, really stood out was that Ronda Rousey promo. Holy crap. I mean, how good is Ronda? I mean, this, I mean, I know they've pr- probably been working on it for a little bit, but she's just like hit the ground running, you know? The, the thing with Ronda is like people can sit there and go, well, she stuttered. She did this in her promo. Like this, it didn't make sense because she said four letter word when she meant five letter word for Bella, blah, blah, blah. Like you can, you can critique it if you're that kind of person. Or you can focus on the fact that Ronda Rousey for not being in the business for a year is already coming across better than most of the roster. I mean, it's absolutely it's it's absolutely amazing how far she's progressed in less than a year, and in ring, she, it's just second nature for her. She's an athlete, but she should she has no business being good on the mic, and she comes across genuine. She comes across like she means every freaking word she says to the Bellas, whether she does or not. 
It's irrelevant. I get lost in her promos. Yeah, yeah no, I, I just want to say that the Bellas were great too. Um, Nikki and Brie, they, they both they both brought it. I, I like them as heels. They're just, just very good heels in general. But I thought it was really cool uh, how they're using the stuff between Nikki and Cena as sort of part Holy of the crap. whole when, feud when, <laughs> when Ronda said, um, when, when the Bellas were like, We've been kicking down doors long before you got here, and then Ronda Rousey's like, "The only door you kicked down was the was John Cena's bedroom." I was like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, I was like, "Nice, they went there." Like they went there, and and that's the thing. A lot of people are like, "Well, this is kind of trashy. This is this. This is that." Well, it's real though. Like think about like if you're in a fight, you would go for the low blow sometimes. You know what I mean? So it, it worked perfectly. Like Ronda's like just went for the jugular, and that works out perfectly. I it got a genuine reaction, even if it was planned. It got a genuine reaction from Nikki Bella. And that's what you want. Like, she legitimately looked pissed when Ronda Rousey said that. And so I touched on this in another episode when you talk like Daniel Bryan and The Miz. You can rehearse lines and you can say things like, me and you have that kind of banter. We may say, oh, this is funny to say this joke. But sometimes if you say it and it's personal enough, it will touch a nerve no matter what. Like when you talk about my mother fighting my... Lyrics. Am I upsetting you with those? It's bringing back some <laughs> the rough memories there. Brandon's like that little naked 13-year-old again. Oh, no. I mean, that's, that's probably why I sit around naked now. Maybe I just want to return to the womb. Oh, you know, speaking of which, that just reminds me of the Bella Twins feud when they feuded four years ago, and Nikki was like, I wish you'd have died in the womb. Ugh. So cringe. <laughs> That's awesome. It's a meme for a reason. I can't believe like she actually thought that was a good line. What, what did you think about the other lady segment? Uh, Trish, Lita. You know, I just I almost forgot about it until you just brought it up. I love Trish Stratus and I love Lita. And for that matter, I love Alexa Bliss. And that was a segment that just made me go, what is going on right now? I don't understand what happened. I don't know where the miscommunication was, but I was not digging it when they were just like, what was the word that they kept saying over and over? You didn't dig the practice a bit? Yeah, when they're like, practice, 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 practice. Well, I thought it was cool. They were doing a little, you know, a nod to Alan Iverson, you know, practice uh, that they did when he was being interviewed after the game. Or I guess uh, is that know. what that was? Maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe I, that went over my Philly, head. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, for the Philly. Yeah, because a I, I, I played for uh, the 76ers. and so yeah, there's an interview of it. It's on YouTube. Uh, you can probably find it. Um, I'm gonna go put on my i threes right now just to watch. Yeah. This. They're, <laughs> yeah, they're like asking him about. I guess Alan Iverson like missed a practice or something like that, and the reporters are like, you know, why are you missing practice? And Alan Iverson's like, look, it's just practice. You know what I mean? Like I, I give my all during the game, and you guys, you know, want to talk about practice and stuff like that. And he, he keeps saying practice over and over again. In this interview is funny as hell, but so I thought that was cool that they brought it up, but I guess it kind of the way they were playing it, it like the crowd got it like i heard the crowd like cheering about it but i guess the way it was playing off of alexa and mickey yeah, james first play. of all yeah mickey james but let's yeah, talk let's talk about that then so now thank you for filling me in on that i think that's the first time you've educated me on a wrestling segment on this podcast so i'm going to edit that out <laughs> so <laughs> but um then then i'm still critical of it for the simple reason that i think they were trying to generate the same heat elias did 
for mentioning, right, right, right. you know, yeah. Seattle doesn't deserve a basketball team. So I think they were going for that, and it kind of fell flat. Uh, and that was my opinion. Like, I almost felt like the crowd didn't react as good as they could have. Um, okay. So maybe that's why I was confused. I think, because put it this way, I think that if the crowd had reacted better, if they, let's say they had just exploded when they said that stuff, I probably would have looked at you and said, wait, why did, why is the crowd reacting like that? Right. You know what I mean? I would have been asking questions if the crowd had reacted, but since they didn't, I was just kind of like, okay, that was stupid. Yeah, it just came off cringy. Yeah, and I <laughs> like, mean, that's not... Or like they're spinning their wheels trying to figure right. out, yeah. And not, not only that, it's like, okay, when you talk about Seattle not having um, a basketball team, that's just such a general thing that, yeah, that whole crowd's going to boo. But if you say something so specific like a NBA interview, so even the biggest NBA fans, they might not have seen this interview. I don't know. I just, I wasn't a fan of the segment, so, so sue me. Right, no, not at all. But are you at least excited for the matchup I guess evolution. So, you know, I don't think I am excited for that match. And I I don't know what's going on with WWE's marketing, but I feel like they're talking so much about Crown Jewel that they're like almost skipping evolution. And it's kind of like pissing me off because it's like evolution was hyped up to be the first women's pay-per-view. It's supposed to have all these matches. And now it feels like it literally feels like, okay, because we're going to Saudi Arabia and they don't allow women to perform. Okay, here, women, have your pay-per-view. And so it feels like it's getting slept on, Brandon. Right. Should they you have of all people paper- should be offended by that. <laughs> right. Should they have done this pay-per-view earlier in the year the, or my maybe thing is, after Crown Jewel? My thing is, so I don't, it doesn't feel that way? Personally, I don't, I don't give a crap when the pay-per-view is. It's just the way it's being treated is like... They, they treated super, the WWE Super Showdown like it was a big deal. They treated Crown Jewel like it was a big deal. And then this is just kind of like, okay, we're going to slap something in between because we have the guys going to, to Saudi Arabia, and so the women are going to get left behind anyway, so let's give them a pay-per-view. And it was like, you have an opportunity with, like here to showcase all your best female talent. I'm not critical of the fact that they brought in legends for it, but I'm critical of that battle royal that they're throwing with like all these major, major stars that could had matches, and now they're just all thrown into the a battle royal. Is so it just me? Just save instead of doing that match, maybe save that for another all women's pay per view down the road. Or no, no, I don't. I don't mind them doing the match. It's just I don't like the way they're presenting that pay per view. But at the same time, you know, I let it play out. I'll I'll let it happen. It might be a hell of a match. You know, there's a rumor. There's rumors that are, uh, Trish Stratus and Lita teaming up are not just a one-time thing. It's not just a slap together team. It's you know a long-term plan that they have. So we can probably venture a guess and say if they are making you know women's tag team titles, you know, who better to give it to than Trish Stratus and freaking Lita? Like those are the two biggest women stars of the Attitude Era. So, I mean, you know, there are probably bigger things coming. But, again, I'm just, I, I guess I'm just venting my frustration with the fact that WWE Evolution feels like an afterthought. I'm hoping this pay-per-view sort of steals the show. I hope so, and, too. Uh, they, they do more of them. So I hope so, I'm too. I hope it's it. not, like, something that just gets, they do one and it kind of fails, like ECW, uh, December to Dismember. And then all of a sudden they're like, all right, cool, we're not going to do that anymore. Um I've discussed all the points that I want to discuss, so I guess let's get back into Raw first of all. I know I'm glossing over Raw, but that's because I personally did not like it. So maybe you should be talking about Raw this week. Oh, I did want to mention I did like, well, I mean, I kind of wanted to stay together for a little bit longer if they could, but I did like the end 
where you had Braun Strowman, Dolph Ziggler, and Drew McIntyre sort of, I guess, breaking up. So that leads me, that makes me wonder, though, is Braun going to be a babyface again? Is that what's going on? And then Drew McIntyre is his heel to feud with? Or... You know, I was thinking maybe they have Drew maybe go face. No? I don't. The, the good thing is I don't really care who's babyface and who's heel because either way it's going to be a good feud. But what do you uh, what do you what do you think they do with uh, Ziggler at this point? Anyway, um, getting back <laughs> wow. into our podcast. Wow! I am not wasting any more minutes on Dolph Ziggler. Dolph, come on the podcast, debate me. Since we're calling out Eric Bischoff, we're calling out James Ellsworth, Dolph Ziggler. Get your bitch ass on my podcast and let me debate you. Hell yeah! My first we question, Dolph. Dolph, why do you suck so much? Oh no, he doesn't. He he won't say that to you <laughs> if you come at the show. Are you talking to Dolph Ziggler right now, or like you're already like fawning over I'm him ta- and trying I'm to console to him right now? Our truth has a better chance of headlining WrestleMania right now than uh, Dolph Ziggler because I mean he got a rub from freaking Vince McMahon on SmackDown 1000. Can we talk? Can we just set the stage for SmackDown 1000? Because I think to me, a lot of people are like, well, SmackDown 1000 was such a nostalgia boner. But in reality, I think it's more so how fast paced SmackDown 1000 was. Don't get me wrong, the nostalgia, you know, the nostalgia played a big part of it. I mean, we had a lot of great returns. But the fact that everything was so fast paced because it was two hours and they needed to jam pack all of this stuff in. It made the show so much more exciting, whereas I feel like with Raw and the three hours, you're sitting on your hands, and you're just like waiting for the next segment, where this was like, oh, crap, the segment's ending already? Ah, that sucks. I don't want it to end. What do you think about Truth TV, man? Truth TV was like easily one of the best segments of the night. The fact that they had a couple talk shows and a couple speaking segments on there, and it was still so amazing. They started off the show with Truth TV. They had all the McMahons come and take it over, and a lot of people can be critical and say, well, of course the McMahons had to get their stuff in, but our truth got a huge rub off of that, and Vince McMahon himself like said okay dance break like he put over R-Truth's character (laughs) and I think that was really cool of him to do you know R-Truth is a legend in the business and a lot of people forget that at this point because of the characters he's portrayed because of the lack of world titles and things like that I mean he was NWA champion so let's not sleep on that dude you got me saying it now every time I say something I say don't sleep on that so I mean uh, it's like hey, that song that you don't want to like that comes on the radio, but you find yourself like singing it all the time. You are that song for me. Defend yourself, damn it. Put your hands up. My hands are up, man. I'm not touching anything. <laughs> I'm strictly about the podcast right Put now. Put your hands above the table so that I can see them. <laughs> so moving forward, my friend, with SmackDown 1000. Right. Uh, uh, how about the return of Rey Mysterio? The return of Rey Mysterio. You know... Rey Mysterio, you know, in 2012, 2013, I think we were all jaded as fans. Like, we were looking for a change in the business. We were looking for the CM Punks to step out. We were looking for other people to kind of step up. That we were we were really critical of people like Rey Mysterio. And it's a shame because Rey Mysterio is an amazing talent. I mean, he's been wrestling since he was like 14, 16, something like that. And the guy can still go. I mean, he showed up last night in better shape than I've seen him since, like, 1996. 
And I mean, let's appreciate the fact that this could be Rey Mysterio's final run. I mean, he's been in the business for well over, what, almost 30 years at this point? And that's just an amazing, amazing accomplishment in itself. And he's still performing at a high level. So I think every single one of us needs to appreciate the fact that Rey Mysterio is back and performing at a high level. I hope they give him a program or something for Mania. I think Rey Mysterio's WWE runs have always been plagued by injury. Every time they get something going with him, injuries happen. I mean, like WrestleMania 24 when Floyd Mayweather fought the Big Show. I don't know if you know, but the original plan was for Rey Mysterio and Batista to team up to take on the team of Floyd Mayweather and the Big Show. Oh, wow. So it was supposed to be a very different match than they ended up with. So obviously Batista goes down with an injury. Rey Mysterio goes down with an injury. And then they just say, screw it. Let's just do Floyd Mayweather versus the Big Show, which to me was a better match than the other one would have been, in my opinion, because Floyd Mayweather stepped up. Oh, how about uh, that little markout moment when they uh, showed the general managers backstage start with Paige? I love I love that Teddy Teddy Long is now a meme. Like he's just a meme of himself now. And the fact that like the announcers were like, She's been hanging out with Teddy Long too much because she just booked a tag team match with the bar and uh and uh the new day. Which let's talk about that. The big show comes in and he does his two hundred and forty seventh heel turn and he takes <laughs> big show, he man. takes out he's Kofi the Kingston. Best of the business. I mean, look, the Big Show, we, we can joke about it, but the Big Show goes where he is needed, and he works as a babyface, and he works as a heel. I'm excited to see his new team with the bar, because to me, now you got three guys who are, you know, kind of, I mean, the bar was kind of floundering to me, and they were kind of like going a certain way, like, what could you do with the bar? Now they have the dynamic of the Big Show being with them, and that to me is exciting. Here And again, the Big Show is another guy, 2013, 14, people kind of were like, oh, we don't really want to see him anymore. Now he stepped up his game. He's obviously working out like, like a madman now, like he looks great. And now he's back for another run like an actual run so how about the return of evolution so that leads us to the biggest moment of the night in my opinion and it, it i can't be wrong because it has the most views on youtube uh for smackdown live last night um evolution came out and it's so funny because like you know obviously i was i was an evolution fan back in the day i really was a big randy orton fan at that time when he was 23 and just young and hungry but i don't know like maybe just because of the era is different but like when they came out and they were standing on that stage it felt like the big time like these are four legends in the freaking business like it was a completely different aura which batista alluded to later on he, he said the molecules you know change in the arena when line in the sand hits and he, he couldn't have done a better job of describing it and first of all i want to i want to start with randy orton because to me randy you orton pose, bro. <laughs> Red, well did you see did you see all night when they were showing um like the highlights of smackdown yeah oh yeah and one of those burning house <laughs> right. they did show one one of the highlights they had awesome. was the burning house and randy orton's hitting his pose and i'm yeah. sitting there like in the dark watching smackdown <laughs> laughing hysterically and i'm sure my fiance is like why is this guy laughing by himself like it was just because like the shot of like the burning house with the like cocky pose was like the most hilarious thing in the world to me but 
Anyway, Randy Orton shitting on the rest of Evolution came across really well to me when he was just kind of like ragging on them a little bit and saying like, you got Ric Flair living vicariously through his daughter and then you got Dave Bautista who spends more time in the makeup chair than he just does in the <laughs> ring. And it was just like, I liked it because like you, Randy Orton was like still like respecting those guys but like right. obviously he He's started he started yeah. this new new heel character he shouldn't just be buddy buddy with everybody um he should still have that kind of edge to him and he did it well did it very well uh now let's get to the man of the hour and no not leo rush <laughs> my man bobby lashley sir batista when he came back in 2014 goes back to me saying we didn't appreciate people we weren't appreciating uh, legends at that time. We were appreciating new guys. Why were they sleeping on Batista in 2014? Because, it was, because in 2014, we were looking for all the up-and-comers and sleeping on guys like the legends who actually really, really loved the business. So we wanted Daniel Bryan to do well. We didn't give a crap about Rey Mysterio. You know, We wanted the CM Punks of the world to do good. We didn't give a crap about the big show. So same thing. Batista came back in the wrong time. He came back at a time where nobody was appreciating him because they knew he would just be skyrocketed to the main event. And they're like, oh, well, about, what, what about these other guys like Daniel Bryan that we want to, them to do something with? Now, in 2018, as a general consensus, I would say, the fans aren't as cynical. They can appreciate the legends and they can appreciate the new crop of talent as well. So now Batista comes in and it's very obvious that this guy loves the business because Batista... You know, Batista almost sometimes to me gets regarded as the modern day ultimate warrior. And what I mean by that is, you know, similar to like Goldberg actually, uh, is almost like sometimes people go, these guys only want, are in the business for money. So to me, so to me, people ragging on these guys and saying that they're only in it for the money is really erroneous. And it's really just ignorant because it was very obvious that Batista doesn't give a crap about the money. He was just there, and he said it. I I love this. I want to entertain you all. And he looked so he looked giddy to be there. Like he was so excited to be there. And at the same time, he stayed in character, which was really cool. When he hit the line of the night, he was telling everybody, Randy Orton. We knew this kid would be something in the business. He has more talent in his pinky finger than half the guys that have ever walked into this ring. And then he's like, Shake his hand. Right, shake his damn hand because he has more talent in that handshake. Ric Flair, he talks about Ric Flair, and he's like, what can he say about him? And then he hits a really good line, and he says, keep it in your pants, Rick." And the, the whole arena just, like, busts out laughing, including the guys in the ring. And then he starts talking about Triple H. And he says something that you can tell that he means, which is that he's like, Triple H is the one of the best in the business. You know, he's changed this business for the positive. He's talking about all his accomplishments and he goes, he's done everything. He's a 14-time world champion. There's nothing he hasn't done except beat me. And that line just generated the the biggest reaction of the night. The whole crowd just goes, "Oh!" like they lose their minds at like him dissing his friend. And to yes, his credit, Triple yes, H yes. just throws out this like look of animosity. And it was at that moment, like, sometimes you can't see things on paper. Sometimes they have to happen for you to kind of become a fan of them. An example is this. It's been reported for two years that Batista wants to come back for one final run and retire at WrestleMania by facing Triple H. When you see that on paper, you go, he's fought Triple H before. I don't want to see that match. And then that's it. Now, after that line last night, that one line... 
I am more hyped for that feud going into WrestleMania. If that, that match happens at WrestleMania, I'm all for it. He sold me just with that line. And that's to show you how good he is. Because on paper, things, you know, and it, let's go back to me talking about evolution. On paper, all these things might look bad. You know, the battle royal might look bad. But if they execute it properly, I might be eating my words. It's as simple as that. That goes back to letting it play out sometimes, you know. Let's let this play out. I, I'm hyped if they make this match happen. So, uh, can yeah. we talk about something in kayfabe right now? Edge is one of the best kayfabe characters post-retirement I've ever seen. And what I mean by that is, I mean, obviously, well, kayfabe, I, I'm sure we've explained it before, but kayfabe is getting lost in the storyline and acting like wrestling is real and the storylines are real. So, out of kayfabe in real life, we know that Edge has a family. We know a lot, a lot of people love him, you know, and he's very, very well regarded in the business. In kayfabe, he was a piece of shit towards the end of his career. As in, he was stabbing everybody in the back. He was, you know, he didn't have friends. Uh, he did any and everything to get to the top of the business. And last night, he explained to Becky Lynch, he's like, I've been... Do, I've done what you've done. And I lost all my friends along the way. And he goes, I've gained championships and I've done this, I've done that. And none of it matters because you'll just end up alone in your office staring up at those championship belts with no one else near you. And in kayfabe, it's showing that he regrets his actions as a character. He regrets all of the things that he did to these people because now in the twilight of his life, post-career... He has nothing and nobody. And he's trying to warn these superstars. He did it with Seth Rollins a couple years ago. He's trying to warn them. Don't be this guy. It doesn't end well. I love it. I love that Edge is using, is almost like, you know, humbling himself and his character saying like, yeah, I was the, I was the best, but at what cost? And then Becky Lynch just killing it. So oh, perfect yeah, yeah. Let's, let's, not, to it. let's not skip over that. Yeah, right. Becky, Becky did such a good job of smiling and saying, yes, Edge, you understand me. You're the only person that understands me, that understands me because you've done what I've done. And she was so happy that, you know, she was being justified in, in her actions. And then when he dropped the bombshell of like, you'll end up alone in this, Becky turned on him and said, oh, you're just like the rest of them. It was, it built so well, which goes back to, People online are talking about Becky Lynch is a, is a baby face. Becky Lynch ain't no damn baby face because she plays a heel character great. Just because you like her doesn't mean she's not doing a great heel character. It just means that you're too smarky in this business and you think you know everything, that you can't lose yourself in the fact that she is doing a great job as a heel. You got to be able to step back. Just, again, advice I'm going to give you. When you go watch Marvel movies, when you go watch Spider-Man, when you go watch whatever movie you're going to go watch, you're able to suspend your disbelief for two to three hours, watch the movie, and believe that everything you're seeing is real. If you walk in there and you go, that was CGI, that was fake, I don't like that, you're not going to have a good time. The only person you're hurting with that is yourself, because you're going to miss out on a great movie. And you're going to miss out on hours of entertainment. Same thing with professional wrestling. Stop talking about the fact that, oh, you love Becky Lynch. She's got a great Twitter. She plays her character well. Okay, just lose yourself in the fact that she's kind of a piece of shit in terms of her character in kayfabe. 
She's stepping on toes to get to the top. And then last night she just shit all over Ed. She was like, oh, you get out of, she's like, get out of my ring and don't break your neck again, stepping out, you know? So it's like those lines is like a baby face wouldn't say that. So anyway, SmackDown 1000 was absolutely freaking amazing. I felt like a little kid again watching it. Don't sleep on SmackDown 1000. And here's to 1000 more. Brandon, are you reading off of a script? Because it sounds like don't sleep on SmackDown 1000. And here's to 1000 more. Like, who's paying you? Is WWE paying you right now? Because it, it really sounds like contrived. Yeah, we might have some sponsors. <laughs> Keep it under wraps. Right, right. Good job, Brandon. All right, Brandon. Um, I mean, we're going to get into a, a new segment that. I'm really excited for, but any before we get into that segment, is there anything else you want to talk about? Yeah, I was wondering if you have been following anything that's going on with Impact and the status of Austin Aries. So that goes back to Brian Pillman, and I'm kind of glad that I talked about Brian Pillman because, yes, I have been following Austin Aries. Uh, I did see when he got pinned and lost the world title, he pretty much popped up instantaneously, walked to the back, threw his hands up, and then that was it. So the reason I'm talking about Brian Pillman is there's a rumor that Austin Aries is going to have a similar character where you don't know if he's working you or not. So I guess the boys in the back felt kind of betrayed by management because they thought it was all real. And then it turns out Austin Aries was kind of working everybody. And I don't see why they would be offended at that because that creates good business to me. I can understand, like, they're kind of mad at management for not being honest, but you still want things to be organic and create shock and awe in the business, and sometimes you got to do stuff like that. So, of course, you wanted to talk about Impact Wrestling. You always wanted to talk about TNA back in the day, so I'm glad you snuck that in there. Thank you. That was actually, Bound for Glory was actually a really good event. I'd, last week, we had a Q&A, which I felt went really well. Uh, we were getting a lot of great feedback on it. Um, so I kind of wanted to start a new segment. So we're going to have a segment. Brandon came up with the name, so I don't know if I'm a big fan of it. But it's called Kayfabing It with Kenny. We're going to ask me questions, and I'm going to see if I can answer them. We're going to test my knowledge. Test your might. And we're going to see if I can answer questions uh, that Brandon asked. Now, Brandon, apparently, uh, we did, I mean, let's not lie. We did reach out because you have no wrestling knowledge whatsoever. You're like the worst no. co-host in the yeah. in the world. So we did have to reach out through social media and even on Reddit to get some questions for this segment. Um, but hey, if so I am wrong, gonna right? Somebody's going to have guy to accountable if he's yanking my chain. Right. Somebody's going to have to hold me accountable and call me out of my shit if I'm lying to you. But don't worry. I would never lie to you. Kayfabing it with Kenny. All right, Brandon, you ready? All right. Let's start with this question. I guess from Flashback Wrestling. Flashback Wrestling. Let's talk about Flashback Wrestling. Uh, Wesley actually reached out to us, uh, developed a relationship with him. He has an amazing podcast, first of all. Uh, listen to his latest episode. Uh, it's on the Honky Tonk Man. He's got a similar vibe to us. Um, really big fan. So go check out his show as well, Flashback Wrestling. Uh, really like their format. They'll take an individual wrestler and just talk about him for, for the episode. All right. So... The question is, is what incident is the original screw job of pro wrestling and who was involved? <laughs> so the original screw job, everyone knows the uh, the Montreal screw job, which was in 97. 
um, where the, you know they got the title off of Bret Hart because he was leaving the company. Um, so the original Screwjob, to give the backstory on it, uh, Wendy Richter was the WWF Women's Champion, and she was really popular. She was almost like, I don't want to say the Women's Hulk Hogan, but she was on that rock and wrestling level of, of fame and superstardom. You know, Cindy Lauper was attached to her, so she was getting mainstream coverage. Now, the problem was, um, I'm not here to talk about the politics of it, but the rumor is she basically was saying, how come I'm not getting as much pay? And she was kind of the squeaky wheel, you know. Um, so she was always challenging Vince, Vince McMahon. Well, uh, the fabulous Moolah, you know, almost the gatekeeper of the women's division for a number of years, uh, was not a big fan of Wendy Richter. I guess felt, you know, her spot being threatened. Again, not here to talk about Moolah. There's a whole story I could tell you there. But it became a situation where Vince McMahon Jr. was like, okay, these two are not getting along, and I basically have to pick between the two of them because it's getting to be a problem. Vince was never, ever going to fire Moolah because Moolah was loyal to his father, and so he was going to go with Moolah. And Wendy Richter was already making too much noise about not getting paid enough. So Wendy Richter, who had the Women's Championship, goes into a match. I can't remember the date, but she goes into a match with the Spider Lady. Uh, the Spider Lady was a character, I want to say played by Gwendolyn or something. Basically someone um, the fabulous Moolah had managed. There was nothing amiss about it. You know, she was going in for a normal match. Um, well, anyway, without getting into too much of a story, all of a sudden, the Spider Lady kind of shoots on her and holds her down for a pin and becomes the women's champion, which was not planned. Wendy what? Richter pulls the mask off and it's the freaking fabulous Moolah. So, obviously, a fast one was pulled on her. They took the title off her and the rumor is Wendy Richter jumped into a cab in her gear went to the airport and flew home, never to be seen again in the WWF. That was the original screw job. I'm sorry, was was, was I supposed to answer in, in one sentence or No no no, that was fantastic, <laughs> actually. <laughs> I don't know completely history. So the answer awesome. the answer is do, to the question, do you know what the original screw job is? Yes. Uh, we have another one here. Uh, I guess some jockey full of bourbon. A great uh, name, first of all. Awesome name. Uh, and he asked, who were David Flair's two girlfriends in Russo-era WCW? Okay, so David Flair, definitely Daphne. Daphne, the Scream Queen. Uh, she used to come out with Crowbar and David Flair. Um, the second, okay, actually, I do know the second. The second was, was definitely uh, Stacy Keebler. Uh, Miss Hancock, because I remember they had a relationship. Russo WCW is the best, all right? So you actually saw this? Says, Did you actually see this? Don't sleep on Russo WCW. No, I, I saw this piece. I remember Keebler there. Okay, because I remember, because if you're laughing, I guess you kind of understand where, you know, this was late WCW and yeah. kind of one of those quirky uh, storylines. But yeah, basically, I guess he was with Miss Hancock. It was her name at the time. And she revealed, I think she was pregnant. And then she said it wasn't David Flair's. And so when it wasn't David Flair's, it was like, who whose is it? 
and uh, she ended up with the Mecca of Manhood, Sean Stasiak. I remember the uh, the uh, nickname he had, and he had a ripoff. I'll go as far as to tell you he had a ripoff of Right Here, Right Now by Fatboy Slim as his theme song. So don't don't test me, bro. I know my Fantastic. wrestling. Next question, you're making them too easy. Um, okay. Oh, there's this guy we have here, I think on the Reddits, a Dean Woohoo. He asks like, I guess like sort of like three or four questions like all together. Shoot. Um, I guess I'll just I'll just read his whole response then. Uh, who was billed as Eric Bischoff nephew? Eugene. Simple. Nice. Uh, who was once known Santa Claus? Uh, that would be Balls Mahoney. His brief run in '95, he was Santa Claus. Ooh. The evil All Santa right. Claus, like from the South Pole instead of the North Pole. Uh, what year did the WWF break away and become its own company? Shit, that that's actually one I don't know. I mean, are we talking about when they be, went from being the WWWF to the WWF? Uh, are we talking about when they broke away from Titan Sports uh, and became WWFE Inc.? I guess I'm kind of wondering what, what they mean by that question. Mm. Yeah, well, if Dean Woohoo is listening, clarify for us, would you? If you could. I'll answer it on next week's episode if you clarify what you mean by that. But um, Oh, the next. Uh, I guess the last part of this question or two questions uh what superstar is known as festus and fake Kane? uh luke gallows so luke gallows is i think the funny story well first of all when he did those characters uh the fake Kane for in 2006 um he was like 23 years old and he looked like a 40 year old man at the time because he was half bald like hogan skullet kind of thing um i think he was wrestling as um the freaking deacon or something like that like he was he had some weird name at the time and then they i saw him at a house show i remember that one in 2004 a smackdown house show and then he um debuted a year or two later as the fake kane that storyline went nowhere and then he was supposed to debut the next year as the dalton boys with or dalton brothers i think with um uh, jesse dalton well then they ended up repackaging them as uh jesse and festus and then just dropping the fact that they were brothers and kind of went with like a of mice and men type character, you know, where he was not, he was kind of special, I guess is the way to say it. And, you know, every time the bell rang, he would just become like this monster. And then the bell rang again. And then after they won and his, he would stick his tongue out, turn his head sideways and kind of have a far distant look. Uh, but yeah, Luke Gallows. So I think there's a rumor that Vince McMahon, when he hired him back, um, in 2016, he didn't remember that that was Festus. I don't know how true that rumor is. That sounds like one of those internet things you read, but yeah, he apparently didn't remember that that was Festus. <laughs> That's freaking nuts. Uh, oh, and the last part of his question. Uh, and what was Too Cool's original name? Um, that was Too Much. So they were originally Too Sexy Brian Christopher and Scott Too Hot Taylor. So together they were too much. And then I think in like 98 or, or might have been 99, they kind of just started like being hokey, hip-hoppy kind of characters, and they changed their names um, to 
inevitably what you know them as, which is Grandmaster Sexay and Scotty Too Hottie. So they became too cool out of like a joke. Yeah. Yeah, but I remember ha that happening organically. Like I remember watching that happen and it was it's kind of cool to see like tag teams evolve like that. Like another tag team that was like that, I can remember was the New Age Outlaws. They were feuding with each other and then uh Rody or sorry, the uh Double J Jesse James actually, he comes out and says, "You know, Rockabilly, Billy Gunn, you're better than this." And they turn on uh Rockabilly's manager, which was the Honky Tonk Man, and they form their own tag team. And they became the New Age Outlaws. So he became he went from Rockabilly to the badass Billy Gunn. All right, all right. We got a question from, I guess, Cuff or C Cuff. Uh, who's the biggest drawing pro wrestler of all time? Okay, so if I have to narrow it down, just to kind of look process of elimination i guess the three names that come to mind would be bruno sammartino hulk hogan and stone cold steve austin bruno used to sell out msg like week after week so i know he, he drew a lot of money doing that hulk hogan obviously drew a lot of money because he was a part of the business at a time where they were doing the rock and wrestling mtv connection things like that and then you got stone cold who was you know just took wrestling to new heights. So I guess I, if I'm if I'm narrowing it down, I'm going to say Stone Cold Steve Austin. The reason I'm going to say Stone Cold Steve Austin is I don't think that the wrestling business was hotter at any point in time than when Stone Cold was on top. Hulk Hogan might have drawn money, but not the kind of money that Austin was drawing because there was a lot more merchandising, a lot more fans at, um, you know, paying attention at that time. Hogan's Hogan, don't get me wrong. Hogan did great. I'm sure he's like almost on par with Austin, but I will have to say Stone Cold because Bruno didn't have merchandising. Bruno didn't have, you know, almost TV deals at the time. They were all only doing arenas. So I'm sleeping on San Martino. No, no, I'm saying like at a different time, he probably would have been great. I'm just saying in terms of money, if we're talking about, you know, who was the top draw, we're talking about marketing power. Bruno didn't have all of that stuff available to him. Austin did. Austin was, you know, there was in the time period of Jerry Springer and things being hot and, you know, 18 to 35 male demographic. Like, I promise you, it's probably Stone Cold Steve Austin. Somebody call me out if it's not. That's right. Somebody call this man out because right now he's spitting some knowledge on you marks. <laughs> Next question. Uh, from Hold Steady. How many title matches for the TNA heavyweight belt did Christopher Daniels have? See, it's weird because it's title matches. So, I mean, like, he probably had a lot of title matches, but I don't know. That's a kind of an obscure question. I didn't know I was going to get questions like that. You probably asked that question, Brandon. No, no, I didn't. It's hold steady. It's that hold sounds like a screen name question. you'd make. <laughs> Let me check the IP address, Brandon. It comes from you get to check it. the next question is from Naked Podcaster eighty eight or eighty seven. Sorry, <laughs> uh, yeah, I legitimately don't hurt. know. So that one, uh, do me a favor. If someone does know the answer, go ahead and tweet it at us. Comment on our Instagram. Get in contact with me. Yeah. Let me know yeah, the answer because I legitimately don't know. Right, it's a weird one now, though. We do have a question that is from me. Yours truly. You was. made one question. You told me today. I texted you. And I was like, hey, you ready with some questions for the segment? And you're like, uh, uh, yeah, I, I got one. 
And I remember texting you like, one? Because I'm like, surely he's yeah. kidding. No, 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 I wasn't kidding. This is the big leagues, man. When I say I only got one question, I only got one question. <laughs> Let me hear this. This better be damn good. Who are the TNA X Division Championship title holders to also have held any championship belt in the WWF slash E? Wow. That's actually a really, like, I don't want to say convoluted, but that's a really specific question. Uh, the only two I can think of off the top of my head are AJ Styles and Samoa Joe. Um, if we're talking NXT titles, at least, because Samoa Joe was NXT champion. I do have the answer. Okay, am I missing anybody? So they, according to this answer, the two that you mentioned weren't here, unless this is out of date. It's definitely outdated. Yeah, it's a hundred percent outdated because in that time, um, Samoa Joe. Well, again, if we're counting NXT, he was X Division champion and he's held right. the NXT championship. AJ Styles uh, was X Division champion and held the WWE championship. Uh, right. I was gonna try mention Bobby Roode because he held a uh, WWE championship, but he did not hold the X Division title, as far as right. I know. Um, so I would say that's outdated. So let, so right. let me explain to you what just happened. You had a question. You had one question, one amazing question that you were going to ask me, and you were so happy you Googled this question, you were going to throw it at me. And then the answer that you were provided with is wrong, and I well, corrected your answer. It's outdated. Do you even know when that question's from? So let's throw – we'll throw these guys in. And then we'll say also, well, according to this answer, uh, we have Rob Van Dam. Correct. Rob Van Dam. I'm sleeping on Kurt Rob Van Ang- Dam. Yeah, yeah. Kurt Angle? Kurt Angle held the X Division title? I guess according to this. Oh, uh, maybe it was that time period, I think, when he was holding like a whole bunch of titles at once, including the world right. title. So, he okay. Had it, right. Uh, six Pack, One, Two, Three Kids, slash Sean Waltman. Oh, you know, it's weird. Um, you're kind of reminding me that I need to go all the way back to 2002 when it comes to... Um... Uh, yeah, yeah. They have uh, Brian Kendrick. Brian Kendrick. Right. Kid Cash. And Jerry Lynn. So the only questions that I couldn't answer were TNA-based. <laughs> which is to say... Cross the line, damn Which it. is to Cross show you that I am sleeping on TNA. But no, you did, you did, you did well, mate. We have a question here. We have more questions. Who did, who did Eddie face in his last match? Yeah, so so Eddie Guerrero, his last match was with Mr. Kennedy, and I remember that distinctively because I can vividly see that match in my head. And as a wrestling fan, if if Eddie Guerrero was going to go out on a match, that match was perfect. Um, little things he pulled out okay storyline wise eddie had been a heel for a little bit done the whole you know dominic i'm your poppy with the with ray mysterio and then batista he was challenging batista for the world title around that time and batista was like you need to go back to being the eddie of old you know so it looked like what it was what was going to happen was he was showing shades of the old eddie Guerrero, and then he would go to you know maybe turn on batista kind of thing but in that match he came out with the low rider again he came out to his old theme music, and 
he came out like with everyone cheering him. So it couldn't have been more apropos because he'd been playing a dark brooding character. And then he came out as like classic Eddie Guerrero. He, you know, hit the chair on the on the canvas, threw it at Mr. Kennedy and then fell to the mat so that the referee was like, you know, they saw Mr. Kennedy holding the smoking gun. You hit Eddie and then disqualifies um, Mr. Kennedy based on that. Um, I know I sound somber talking about it, but I, I kind of remember remember it like it was yesterday because I was so happy like he was back to that character. And I'm sure tons of other people were too. And it was such a good match. You know, Mr. Kennedy hits him with a chair afterwards, basically saying, disqualify that. Like, you know, if you're going to lie, I'm going to hit you anyway. I remember stupid people thinking like, oh, that that was that chair shot ended up causing a brain injury that killed him. And it's like, no, he died of a heart attack. Um, but anyway, yeah, two days later, which that was a taped episode. So that was a Tuesday that was taped. But two days after that aired, uh, Eddie Guerrero passed away. And he passed away in his prime. Like, he was supposed to win the world title. It's been alluded to. He was supposed to. Batista was injured. And they were having a triple threat that night with Randy Orton, Eddie Guerrero, and Batista. And it was very, very obvious that Eddie Guerrero was going to win the title off of Batista that night. So it sucks. It sucks. He died before, uh, like, selfishly. Like, oh, man. So happy to have another Eddie Guerrero title run. And so when he, as a wrestling fan, like, oh, man. Oh, man. How about the name of the second Ultimate Warrior? (laughs) What? The name of the second Ultimate Warrior? There is no second Ultimate Warrior. This probably is a joke question based off of the fact that um, in 1992, Ultimate Warrior came back uh, at WrestleMania 8. And he came back in a singlet because he lost a little muscle mass. He had taken some time off. And so there were rumors that the original Ultimate Warrior had died and that was was replaced with this guy because he had shorter hair, you know, the body was a little different. So, again, it was pre-internet. So, of course, those rumors spread like wildfire. And there was a second Ultimate Warrior, apparently, uh, not played by Jim Helwig, the original Ultimate Warrior. Uh, It also might be a joke because uh, WCW in 95 had a guy... Um, dressed up, basically they had promos for the ultimate debut and the ultimate guy was coming and naturally everyone thought, oh, ultimate warrior's coming. Well, they come out with this hokey guy with similar paint and just like a rip-off bargain basement ultimate warrior called the Renegade. And the Renegade, uh, like, I don't know why, but there's a promo he cut that it's not even funny, but it just stuck with me. And it was like, Jimmy Hart was his manager, by the way. He goes, Jimmy Hart has programmed me to T-O-S, terminate on site. And it's like, what do you, what? Like, I, I don't know if he was trying to cut an Ultimate Warrior promo that like, you know, the galaxies have come in the Ultimate Warrior. Like, I don't know if he was trying to do that, but it was just not coming across well. At all, let's talk. Let's talk about Warrior promos right now. You remember the promo at WrestleMania six? I know a little sidebar, but he basically talks about killing Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania six. He goes, Hulk Hogan, as you travel to WrestleMania, tear down the cockpit door. Hulk Hogan, dispose of the pilots who have already made the sacrifice. 
Assume the controls. Shove that plane into a nosedive, Hulk Hogan. As soon you will be in parts unknown. He snarls at the end. Like, he legitimately snarls. And he, he literally told Hulk Hogan to kill himself on the way to WrestleMania 6 instead of facing How is he going to have a match? Yeah. Right, yeah. So, but that was the magic of the Ultimate Warrior promo. So I don't know what the hell the Renegade was talking about, TOS, Terminate on site. Anyway, sorry, I got worked up there because, yeah, the Renegade was the worst thing to happen uh, to WCW in quite some time. Uh, the sad part about that, not to end that on a bad note, but uh, they basically, you know, took him to job or hell afterwards and made him job out to everybody once they got the real Ultimate Warrior uh, in WCW. And then that guy ended up uh, taking his own life after that. And so, it, I mean, that sucks. Like, not only was it a crappy character, but they, like, affected this man's confidence to the point where he just felt like, you know, he needed to end it all. I'm sure he had some other problems personal problems as well but yeah that sucks man all right i guess finally we're at the final question i just came up with this final question <laughs> marry kill or bed nia Jax, tamina ember moon i like how you tell all these debaucherous stories but when it comes to the game that's called Mary Kill Fuck, you literally say Mary Kill Bed. Like you all of a sudden become a PG fan. I'm, th- I'm thinking about the sponsors. I didn't know. Ugh. All right. Mary Is Kill okay? Bed. Are we, Mary Kill Bed. Are we an you adult s- show? Yeah, say whatever you Is want. This explicit? Oh, okay. Okay, you want to ask it back? Uh, I'm cool with what I said. <laughs> okay. Mary Kill and Bed. Um. Definitely killing Tamina. What? I am throwing her off a superfly cliff <laughs> and killing Tamina. Um, bed. Ember Moon. Oh. Ember Moon. As Brandon would call her, the Connor Skier kid. The Connor Skier kid. Ember Moon. The only reason I say it is because I would marry Nia Jax. And the reason wow, that it, yeah, I'm, I'm, are you surprised? No, no. So the reason I say Mary Nia Jax is because she just comes across like she has the best personality out of all of them. You see, Brandon, I'm not as vain as you. I'm not like most girls. She's not, like, I'm most not girls. like most girls. This just in, Iron Sheik just tweeted out, I love you. Go fuck yourself. Fantastic. And on that note, I think we'll go ahead and wrap it up. <laughs> I mean, it's been a long episode because we had a lot of questions i was actually wasn't expecting as much questions as we had so that's that's pretty cool we got people actually yeah, listening to the podcast now we're growing it it's episode six of big league podcast it's growing and we're shaking hands we're shaking hands and taking names hey this is kenny and i'm the co-host well first of all brandon you're not just my co-host you're my friend but anyway, we want to thank you for listening to episode six of the Kenny for Your Thoughts podcast. And make sure to subscribe. And leave us a five-star rating. Because five stars means five-star match quality. That's right. Five stars actually means we move up uh, in the search for wrestling podcasts. And don't you want us to move up, Brandon? I want to move up. I got nowhere else to go <laughs> but up. Go ahead and check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, Stitcher, 
Is there anything we're not on at this point? Any foe your thoughts?